Malakaliki Maka, here's the thing to say on a bright South Richfield Christmas day. That's our hometown greeting that we send to you from the land where chickens lay. Here we know that Christmas will be dark and cold By the look of our last ratings, this is Podcast Gold Malakaliki Maka in South Richfield's way To say Merry Christmas to you Sing it, Wade! Malakaliki Maka is the thing to say On a bright South Richfield Christmas day that's our hometown greeting that we send to you from the land where chickens slay. Here we know that Christmas will be dark and cold. By look of our last ratings, this is podcast gold. Malakaliki Maka is so Fridfield's way to say Merry Christmas to you. Here we know that Christmas will be dark and cold By the look of our last ratings, this is Podcast Gold Malakaliki Maka is South Richfield's way To say Merry Christmas to you Malakaliki Maka is the thing to say on a bright South Ridgefield Christmas Day. That's our hometown greeting that we send to you from the land where chickens lay. Here we know that Christmas will be dark and cold. By the look of our last ratings, this is Podcast Gold. Malakaliki Maka is South Richfield's way to say Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. A very Merry, Merry Christmas to you. Wade Luther, and you're about to listen to the second annual South Richfield Christmas Spectacular coming to you from snowy Richfield, Ohio. I've been a good boy all year, but my dad is forcing me to do this, and I can't understand why. Anyway, here are your ho ho hosts, Scott Luther and Matthew Choma. Coma! Coma. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome back to the South Richfield Podcast. This is Scott Luther, and with me as always is my co-host, Matthew Coma. Hey, Matt. Hey, Scott. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It is our second annual Christmas Spectacular. And I don't know if you guys listened last year, but I know a lot of people were up late on Christmas Eve, wrapping their presents, and instead of being on TBS watching Christmas Story with Ralphie, 
they're listening to our podcast. Very traditional kind of Christmas. <laughs> hey, I'm kind of stuck in this chimney. Can you help me out a little bit? Let me get that butter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Matt, what's been going on? <laughs> uh, well, I've done all my shopping. Um, I myself have uh, got a new job. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what are you? One of Santa's helpers? I am. <laughs> I'm making toys. Boy, are my knuckles sore. It, it, uh, after a few weeks, I'll get in the unit. <laughs> and I'm in the apprenticeship right now. I'm working my way up uh, from uh, toy trains to... Um, You're already on trains? They started me on marbles when I interned there for like just three months. Oh, well, you saw one I Sam then, right? Yeah! Okay. yeah. He says hello. <laughs> well, see, they're really short uh, on help because this time of year all the seasonal help is is going everywhere everybody's out uh doing whatever they can selling christmas trees in my case making the toys for the good girls and boys uh-huh so i've got a few splinters and i, I, I lost the tip on a finger but <laughs> i'm hoping it's, that's that santa will bring me a brand new fingertip all i want for christmas is a index fingertip right <laughs> you gotta be careful with those uh what, what was a saw accident bandsaw <laughs> right off oh well but you kept that smile on your face it looks like well, you know what it, Christmas it, it cheer. is the holidays <laughs> I'm really uh, amped up on cinnamon sugar and spice <laughs> so. did you watch Elf lately no I haven't I have not seen that I just saw that for the well I haven't seen it lately I just saw it for the very first time uh, last year okay I about, I've seen bits and clips of it but I saw it last year for the first time really great movie yeah we watched it the other night no, it was just. I'm like, let's see what's on demand. Press the buttons, had Christmas movies, I'm like Elf. So that is a Christmas movie you would recommend worth watching. Yes, yes, for sure. How about uh, any others? Well, Christmas Story is my favorite. With Ralphie and um, Randy. We named our Elf on the Shelf Randy after Randy from Christmas Story. Right. And then. I like You've Got Mail, but that's not really a Christmas movie. (laughs) And I like When Harry Met Sally. I like Lawrence of Arabia since we're talking about movies that aren't Christmassy. But it's got a nice message. Are there any that you guys watch at the Coma household? Well, we always do the uh, Peanuts Christmas. Right. That's a big thing. Um, The Polar Express Elf is Mm -hmm. what we watch as well. Uh, The Grinch, you know... All the ones that come on, like weeknights on ABC. Now, are there movies that are Christmas movies that you think that are, that are you do not recommend? I gotta throw one out there. Okay. The Jim Carrey Grinch Who Stole Christmas. That is <laughs> awful. I don't know. It's freaky, man. I don't think I've seen the whole oh. thing. I think I've seen bits and pieces. There is so much ham <laughs> with those things. <laughs> I know he's playing the Grinch, but even still, it's over the top. How many others? Um, I can't think of any others. (laughs) I can't think of any others either. So. All of the other reindeer. I can't believe you just said that because I was gonna say it a few seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) All of the other reindeer. We do have that. It's on a kind of our goodwill goodwill shelf, but I don't know if that'd be. You're gonna send it to goodwill. (laughs) Yes. I don't know if that's such a good idea. Well, you know, I watched it. 
recently we had uh, cookie making over at the house, and it was uh, the first time that I had ever seen it. I think it was from the early 90s, and just yeah. going through it, I thought, I, I don't understand how this got made. I know it's based on a book. <laughs> it seemed like it was full of good intentions and cocaine. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. Well, if any of our listeners are looking for something to watch this Christmas holiday season, we do not recommend all of the other reindeer. From both of us. It doesn't get the, the silver bells jingle <laughs> from the South Richville podcast. <laughs> So, Matt, speaking of Richfield, did you know back in the day, 1856, so let's see, 163 years ago. Is that right? Is your math good? Yes. 163 years ago. 163 years ago. There was one of the largest gathering of horse-drawn sleighs ever seen right here in town. In Richfield? In Richfield, Ohio. No, I did not know that. Well, this is known as the the Great Sleigh Ride of 1856. Back in the winter of 1855 and into 1856, because, you know, it goes from December to February. It's a well-known, very snowy winter. I saw Dick Goddard talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) He he was on the air then. But it was one of considerable severity, according to Samuel Lane, who was sheriff of Summit County way back when. But it was accompanied by much snow and long-continued sleigh riding. And I guess that's how people must have gotten around from place to place when there was a lot of snow and you couldn't really pull a wagon through it. Right, you couldn't uh, let uh, the commerce of the day stop just because of a little snow. Right. So, so local sleigh rides were frequent engendering much neighborhood rivalry and it soon extended to um, the whole town and there were contests where like a town would get a bunch of sleighs together and then kind of streak through the neighboring township and say you know we have this many sleighs can you beat it so Back in March of 1856, or or during that winter, there were a lot of these little contests. And it started out in Solon. That's where I work, actually. There was a group of residents who uh, had gathered together seven horse-drawn sleighs. And they drove down through Twinsburg, which is just to the south. And they had put a banner of a, a young boy with his thumb extended from his nose and his fingers waving. Listeners, Scott is doing this to me right now. (laughs) It's very, very (laughs) And there's a saying coming out of this boy's mouth that says, you can't come it. Now, do you know what that means? Well, let me flip through my uh, Webster's Dictionary (laughs) of 19th century vernacular (laughs) expressions. You can't You can't come it. It means... You can't beat it. You can't beat it. So these guys from Solon had seven sleighs. Well, Twinsburg got their dander up. Wait, wait, let me face through my (laughs) Oh, they were ticked. And their residents retaliated by loading 14 sleighs, and they went up to Solon with their banner, Who Can't Comet? Question mark. (laughs) Question mark. And they stole the original Solon banner. Nelly. Well, Bedford, which is just to the west of Solon, 
They're like, we're not going to sit here and let these fools uh, make fun of us. A few days later, Bedford sent 21 decorated sleighs and stole the banner. From Twinsburg. From Twinsburg. So this, this kind of grew into a big contest here. As we go through this, where is that man? Oh, here it is. Sorry. So, <laughs> Bedford Bedford had had uh, twenty one, and then it actually grew to thirty two. Brexville responded with forty four sleighs. Royalton, which was Royalton Township back then, had sixty three sleighs. Boston Township, 66 slaves, Independence, 65, Hudson, 71, and then finally, the flag came here to Richfield. Good old Richfield. 73 slaves. Woo! Can you believe that? Boy, it's a regular arms race. It is. Imagine, <laughs> there's horses everywhere, there's sleigh tracks. All right. You know. Well, this is all happening in this winter. In this so winter. this is all got to be happening... People aren't farming. They need something to do. You can split wood and ride sleighs, I guess. So by this time, the excitement had grown and become so great that it was determined to make this a county affair between the three contiguous counties. We had, uh, you know, Summit County, where we are. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cuyahoga County to the north. I'm familiar with that. Medina County to the west. So they're like, well, Richfield has this flag. Let's make this a three-county contest. Whichever county can get the most slays together is going to win the banner. It's all about the banner. The banner with this kid. And bragging rights. This rude banner. Oh. It was pointed out this was very rude. Who can come it? So uh, Richfield already being in possession of the prize in it's actually kind of the central township between those three counties. It borders all, you know, I suppose borders so. both of them. I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. In fact, right down there, Boston Road, uh-huh. that's where the three counties meet, you know? Just a little west on Boston. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was decided that the contest would be held here. So on, it was a Saturday because, you know, people have to work. <laughs> Saturday, March 15th, 1856, the Great Trial took place. Four and six horse teams only being counted. So if you had two horses in a sleigh, nah, that doesn't count towards the total. No. It has to be four or six. So uh, the marshals who were in charge of this affair. Highly respected. Highly respected men. Because uh, women were not marshals back then, apparently. I don't think they were allowed to yeah. witness this. <laughs> so they reported that Medina County had 140 slaves. Cuyahoga County had 151 slaves. And are you ready for this, Matt? Summit County, 171 slaves. I'll tell you who can come it. Summit County. <laughs> Summit County. It. Summit County can come it. That's a grand total of 462 four and six horse sleighs. Wait, let's do some math there real quick, Scott. Mm, okay. 442 times three. Carry the two. Why don't you make it five horses per sleigh to kind of average it? Well, you can't have five horses on a sleigh. 
I'm sorry. Wait, you think this is some? Um, I'm just saying. Four, reindeer we don't know how many fours there oh. were and how many sixes there were, so if we're trying to figure out how many horses there were, right, so, so just do an average. Times four sixty-two times five. Four sixty-two. People love our our math. Two thousand three hundred ten horses. That's a lot of horses. Yeah, you know what horses do. <laughs> I wonder where they were. Hey. Were they in my yard? Were they in the center of town? Well, no wonder your fields are so fertile. <laughs> That's why they call it Richfield. I see. That's where all because horses of, come to of the sleigh ride, obviously. <laughs> so after the count had been declared, the banner was formally presented first by James W. Weld Esquire on behalf of Richfield to Hudson because Hudson had the most sleighs accounted for in some account. So, uh, Hudson, they get everything. They gave the flag, the Richfield delegation presented to Dr. Charles Pierce, and they all went down to Akron, a big parade, you know, of sleighs. They're like, let's just keep going. So it was estimated that 10 to 12,000 people either participated or witnessed this magnificent pageant, and the utmost harmony and good feelings prevailed throughout. I bet you there was lots of alcohol. <laughs> there probably was insider. So, but, you know what, Matt? Summit County's triumph was short-lived. What? Medina County, their spirit was decidedly aroused. And on the following Tuesday, March 18th, so just three days later, Medina drove into Akron with 182 four- and six-horse-drawn sleighs, um, thus fairly winning the flaunting rag Flaunting rag. Yeah, with this guy, this oh, kid. Flaunt, yeah, from Summit, which, notwithstanding the quite prevalent rumor that a number of her teams had been recruited from just over the border, uh, so maybe they got some from maybe down in Wooster Way. Is that Wayne, Wayne County? County? I bet you they did steal. How how did Medina County come up with these extra slaves? The extra they only had 140. Like just three days ago, and then they got 42 more? They had an opportunity on March 15th. Uh, the Ides of my... Hey, it's my son's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why it's on. They had an opportunity to come in yep. on March 15th. You don't go into Wayne County. It's practically spring, March 18th. I know. You know. Right. So, and you know what happens? All that snow starts melting. Wait, this is the day after... What's that? St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. <laughs> So they gave her, her, Medina County, they gave her the flag. All right. They and that would be a Tuesday that they did this. Yes, yes. Don't they, they don't work in Medina County, apparently. <laughs> they don't have anything to do. Oh, I see. And they finally began to retreat back to Medina. Um, the slain was in a very liquefactious condition. Indeed. Because the homeward journey to Medina, back to Medina had to be performed through a literal sea of mud because everything had begun melting. So all these horses, that's what Medina County deserves. Yeah, for a foolhardy gambit like this. Yeah, yeah. Not playing by the rules, going outside, perhaps border crossing involved. I'm thinking they, they had to wrest the prize from Summit County they come up with these extra sleighs. 
I don't know. There's some hijinks going on. So the flag went back to Medina and... Whatever happened to this flag, Scott? Nobody has seen it since. It's probably in some historical society or something. The flaunting rag? Is the flaunting rag. The, the mystery of the flaunting rag. And this is, I mean, this news was spread all over the place. I mean, beyond the Tri-County area? Behind, beyond, it was in the newspapers in Paris. Gay Paris. <laughs> Apparently, this was a big deal. This is probably one of the, I mean, 462 sleighs in one place. That many horses, 10,000 to 12,000 people showing up here in Richfield. Wait, so you have that many people showing up. All right, so you got all the horse poop. You got all, this is my profession. So you're dealing with all the people and everything they're going to be doing and producing. Right, right. They're going to be drinking and eating. It's... It was quite an event, it I'm is. sure. That for even today, if you had ten thousand people, you have arenas that are ten thousand people. Right. That, that's a big deal when that many. I mean, people could you imagine that many people in the center of town now? No. How many people are in Richfield right now? Like five to six thousand. So doubling today's population. In right. Richfield. Right. So back then there was probably. It's like Community Day Plus. Wow. <laughs> community Day times in winter. Ten in the winter, with horses too. In the 2,000 horses we figured. Right. Wow. That's that's a lot of... How, how Who's do you feeding them? them? Who's yeah. feeding these horses? Where are they parking these sleighs? Right. It, it was a cold winter, too. So yeah. everybody's got to have... They're up and down Streetsboro Road, Priam, Broadview Road, which was known as Richfield Road back then. I didn't know if you knew that, but no, I didn't know that. it's true. Well, it goes back to my point. The only way that you're able to get something like this to happen, copious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> Imagine trying to organize this today. I don't think you could. Well, you know what? I'm going to be in Solon in a few days for work. I'm going to get seven sleighs together and drive on down to Twinsburg and see if I can get their dander up. Well, you have a rude... <laughs> I have to have a rude rag banner. Uh-huh. You, who can come it? Is that what it said? You, can com- you can't come it. You can't come it. You can't come it. Anyway, so that is... The story of the Great Sleigh Ride of 1856. That is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And I wonder what the fallout is. So for our many Medina County listeners, I'd say look for the... Uh, Rude. The, the flaunting rag. <laughs> the flaunt... Someone uh, needs to find this rag. Up in Grandma Matilda's attic. Yeah, I yeah. I bet you that's where it is. Because I'm, I'm going to come and get it. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Scott's got his dander up. Yeah. I, oh, man, I'm all worked up now. We're going to build the biggest sleigh team that the world has ever seen, okay? It's going to be big. It's going to be really, really, really big. It's going to rival any sleigh team that any other state has. It's going to be bigger than any China team that they have, okay? I've been to China, all right? You know what it's like? It's like South Richfield, Ohio, okay? In fact, in fact, do you know what South Richfield is? Besides farmers, it's Chinese people, okay? And we're going to build a sleigh team. It's going to be big. It's going to be great. It's going to be terrific. And it'll rival any sleigh team, sleigh race out there because that's what we do, okay? So, hey, Matt. Yes, Scott. Speaking of, like, traditions, have you heard about this uh, family up in Tecumseh, Michigan? 
this is some some tradition that they have. What's this? So you know how some families pass down jewelry, watches, or even recipes. We call these heirlooms. Right. But a Michigan family has an heirloom of its own. A 141-year-old fruitcake. <laughs> this was probably made from horse droppings from, <laughs> from the Great, <laughs> great, great Slave Ride. It's a great thing, said Julie Ruttinger, the great-great-granddaughter of F- Fidelia Ford, who baked the cake in 1878. It was tradition. It's a legacy. The The cake was initially preserved to honor Ford. Uh, she established a tradition of baking the cake and letting it age for a year before serving it during holiday season. So she would bake this cake okay. the previous December, let it sit and ferment and whatever fruitcakes do. It's supposed to ferment? I guess. I don't know what happens with fruitcakes. She lets it sit for a year and then she serves it to her family. Well... She died at age 65 before her 1878 cake could be eaten. And by the time the holidays arrived, the family considered her handiwork a legacy, not food. I pronounce that word legacy. (laughs) (laughs) So instead of eating it, they just preserved this fruitcake. And until his 2013 death, the cake was in the care of Ruttinger's father, Morgan Ford, who was Fidelia Ford's great-grandson. He had stored it in an antique glass dish on the top shelf of a china cabinet in his Tecumseh, Michigan home, which is where it remains today. I have to imagine that thing smelled so bad that the <laughs> flies chipped and fixed it's the It's in door. glass. It's probably fine. You think so? I don't know. I saw a picture of it. It looked okay. Oh, well, okay. I don't think I'd eat it. All right. But... <laughs> This guy took care of it to the day he left the earth, Ruttinger said. We knew it meant a lot to him. <laughs> My great-grandma baked this fruit thing. Uh, the Guinness Book, Book of World Records does not have an entry for the oldest fruitcake, but as for cakes in general, the Ford fruitcake is nowhere near the world's oldest. I thought that'd be Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> <laughs> that honor goes to a 4,176-year-old. I just got it. <laughs> a 4,176-year-old cake that was found in an Egyptian tomb, according to the Guinness organization. It is on display at a food, mu- food, food museum in Switzerland. But during... The Egyptian cake The Egyptian I just so love this- it here. <laughs> During the 93 years that Morgan Ford held on to his family's fruitcake, he showed it off at church and family gatherings. Oh, hell, here's Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> and he shared stories about its history with younger relatives. Uncle Morgan's fruitcake. <laughs> he even showcased the cake on The Tonight Show in December 2003. What? Take Taking a bite with the host and saying it tasted like thrashed wheat. Trashed wheat? Thrashed wheat. He really enjoyed sharing the joy of the cake. Another one of his daughters, Sue Durkee, said, He took a lot of pride in it. And here we are giggling like idiots. (laughs) Hey, 
This cake is something else. <laughs> I saw a picture of it, Matt. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So it's still in the family, still being... I hope nothing happens to it. Uh, huh? Now, do you insure something like that? <laughs> I don't I don't think you can even estimate the value. Priceless. Of, yeah. yeah, it's priceless. I, I'm thinking of, like, Antiques Roadshow. You bring that in. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> Anything big? I know it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, last year we we did a reading well, of. Uh, I, uh, with my new job that I started, I started working out. Yeah. Um, and when I signed up, they said uh, they, there's a big sign up there that says, uh, "Sign up today, um, lose weight within ten days or your money back." So I waddle on up there, and they look right at me and say, "You just keep your money." <laughs> a little bit of a downer. <laughs> but I think that's their policy. <laughs> was this a gym? Uh, well, it was some place, yeah. <laughs> just just like a, a warehouse a set of dumbbells. Or... I think they looked at me and said, really, there's no, no hope here. I, I think it's because I walked in eating a double cheeseburger. Oh. So. Well, we're here, uh, you know, getting ready for Christmas. We've got the fire going again this year. Oh, it's warm and toasty. It is. Yeah. It's beautiful. Hey, what and is this blanket made out of? Is this fleece? <laughs> no, that's uh, 
<laughs> That's a a velveteen. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but uh, you know. Scott, would you read me a story? Why, sure, Matt. Last year we we read "Twas the Night Before Christmas." There was a whole bunch of uh, controversy over who wrote the story. Remember? Yes, indeed. Yeah, and and we thought it was you thought it could have been that Dutch Dutch writer, right? Because of all the Dutch references. References, right. exactly. Donder, mm-hmm. Blitzen, right? Vixen, certainly. A female fox, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we came up with a a story here. A story by O. Henry. Not the candy bar. Have you ever had an O. Henry candy bar? Though? I love O. Henry's. What, what is it's peanuts and like fudgy chocolate. Fudgy chocolate? Fudgy. It's a little little richer than uh, okay. like a Snickers. Would that be your favorite candy bar? What would be your favorite candy bar? <sighs> Excluding O. Henry's oh, and the fudgy chocolate. Gosh. I like a good Heath bar. That gets stuck in your Score. Score? You know, it's a Hershey's version of the Heath bar. Score? S K O R? Oh. Score? S K O R? Yeah. That sounds like it's a like toffee. <laughs> it's a toffee. a toffee. Charleston chews are good too. Mm-hmm. Anybody's thinking about things to put in my stocking. <laughs> that was Richard Nixon's favorite candy bar. Charleston chew! <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to know that now. But we, we do have a story by O. Henry called The Gift of the Magi. So, uh, you know, this this was originally published in 1905. So 114 years ago, Matt. So it starts off $1.87. That was all. And 60 cents of it was in pennies. Pennies saved one and two at a time by bulldozing the grocer and the vegetable man and the butcher until one's cheeks burned with the silent imputation of parsimony that such close dealing implied. Three times Della counted it. $1.87. And the next day would be Christmas. So here's a, a young woman, Matt. Della. And she only has $1.87 to her name. It's 1905. That's about 55 bucks. Is that right? Yeah. Jeez. In today's money. Okay. Well, so a dollar is about... We, we looked it up. A yeah. dollar's worth about $28, $29 back then. Right. So uh, that's what she has. Gotcha. So $55. Yeah. There was clearly nothing to do but flop down on the shabby little couch and, and howl. So Della did it. <laughs> Which instigates the moral reflection <laughs> that life is made up of sobs, sniffles, and smiles with sniffles predominating. <laughs> While the mistress of the home is gradually subsiding from the first stage to the second, take a look at the home. Uh, a furnished flat at $8 per week. $8 per week? $8 per week. So we're talking... So $30. Let's say 220 bucks. Okay. A week. A week. So, so a month, $880. bucks. That's steep. It did not exactly beggar description, but it certainly had the word on the lookout for mendacity. For, for the, the mendacity squad. <laughs> I don't know what mendacity. There's a lot of words in here, Matt. That I know. Harken back to 1905. <laughs> or harken back to my seventh grade language arts class. <laughs> anyway, 
In the vestibule below was a letterbox into which no letter was go would go, an electric button from which no mortal finger could coax a ring. It must have been broken. Okay, I see that now. Also appertaining thereunto was a card bearing the name Mr. James Dillingham Young. The Dillingham had been flung to the breeze during a former period of prosperity when its possessor was being paid $30 a week. So someone was making 900 bucks a week. A week. Yeah. 900 bucks a week? That's not bad. Back then? Yeah. Well, well, that's like, well, actually $30 a week back then. So about nine hundred dollars a week, fifty thousand dollars a year. That's all right, man. Yeah. Something. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Forty-five, fifty thousand dollars a year. Uh, now, when the income was shrunk to twenty dollars, though, they were thinking seriously of contracting to a modest and unassuming D instead of the full Dillingham. But whenever Mr. James Dillingham Young came home and reached his flat above, he was called Jim, and greatly hung, hugged, greatly hung. No, greatly, she <laughs> greatly hugged by Mrs. James Dillingham Young, already introduced to you as Della, which is all very good. <clears throat> Della finished her cry and attended to her cheeks with powder, with powder rag. She stood by the window and looked out dully at a gray cat walking the gray fence in the gray backyard. Oof. Tomorrow would be Christmas Day, and she had only. $1.87 with which to buy Jim a present. She had been saving every penny for months now with this result. $20 a week doesn't go far. Expenses had been greater than she had calculated. They always were. Only $1.87 to buy Jim a present. Her Jim. Many a happy hour she spent planning for something nice for him. Something fine and rare and sterling. Something a little bit more to being worth of the honor of being owned by Jim. Now, there was a pier glass between the windows of the room. Perhaps you have seen a pier glass in an eight-hour flat. A very thin and very agile person may, by observing his reflection, in a rapid sequence of longitudinal strips, obtain a fairly accurate conception of his looks. Della, being slender, had mastered the art. Suddenly, she whirled from the window and stood before the glass. Her eyes were shining brightly, but her face had lost its color within 20 seconds. Rapidly, she pulled down her hair and let it fall to its full length. So she, this pier glass must be like a mirror type oh, thing. Right. Or maybe it's something that gives a reflection. Okay. Right? Pier, gla right. pier glass. Yeah, and so she looks like Crystal Gale with her hair. Her hair is luxurious dark I, I'm assuming it's dark hair I was thinking blonde I think <laughs> I think auburn oh, all right. that's what I'm I'm guessing what's moved, let's read on what's read on yeah exactly now there were two possessions of the James Dillingham Youngs in which they both took mighty pride one was Jim's gold watch that had been his father's and his grandfather's that he carried through the war crammed up <laughs> <laughs> The other was Della's hair. Had the Queen of Sheba lived in a flat across the air shaft, Della would have let her hair hang out the window someday to dry to depreciate Her Majesty's jewels and gifts. Had King Solomon been a janitor with all his treasures piled up in the basement, 
Jim would have pulled out his watch every time he passed just to see him pluck hmm. at his beard hmm. from envy. That watch. So now Della's beautiful hair fell about her rippling and shining like a cascade of brown waters. Brown, brown hair. <laughs> it reached, it reached below her knee. Holy cow, that's long hair. Yeah, I said Crystal Gale. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man, keep up. <laughs> it made itself almost a garment for her so she could wrap herself in it. And then she did it up again nervously and quickly. Once she faltered for a minute and stood still while a tear or two splashed on the worn red carpet. On went her old brown jacket. On went her old brown hat. With a whirl of skirts and with the brilliant sparkle still in her eyes, she fluttered out the door and down the stairs to the street, where she stopped the sign... <laughs> where she stopped the sign... Oh, where she stopped, the sign read, Madame Safrani, hair goods of all kinds. One flight up, Della ran and collected herself, panting... Madame, large, too white, chilly, hardly looked to be a Safrani. Yeah. Will you buy my hair? I boy yeah, said Madame. Take off your hat, and let's have a sight at the looks of it. Down rippled the brown cascade. Ooh, $20, said Madame, lifting the mass with a practiced hand. Give it to me quick, said Della. <laughs> I like this story. Oh, the next two hours tripped by on rosy wings. Oh, the next two hours tripped on by on rosy wings. Forget the hash metaphor. She was ransacking the stores for Jim's present. She found it at last. It surely had been made for Jim and no one else. There was no other like it in any of the stores, and she had turned all of them inside out. It was a platinum fob chain, simple and chaste in design, properly proclaiming its value by substance alone and not by mar- <laughs> what the hell? Meretricious. Meretricious ornamentation. I guess it was very simple. As all good things should do. It was even worthy of the watch. As soon as she saw it, she knew that it must be Jim's. It was like him, quietness and value. The description applied to both. $21 he took from her for it, and she hurried home with her 87 cents. With that chain on his watch, Jim might be properly anxious about the time in any company. Grand as the watch was, he sometimes looked at it on the sly on account of the old leather strap that would that he used in place of a chain. When Della reached her home, intoxication gave way a little to prudence and reason. She got out her curling irons, lighted the gas, and went to work repairing the ravages made by generosity added to love. Which is always a tremendous task, dear friends. A mammoth task! So she's fixing her hair. Right. That she, you know, Madame Safrani had or she just chopped it off. Yeah, I wonder how much he took. Didn't this happen to like Lay Miz also? I never saw that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's assume so. <laughs> well, within 40 minutes, her hair was covered with tiny, close lying curls that made her look wonderfully like a truant schoolboy. 
She looked at her reflection in the mirror long, carefully and critically. If Jim doesn't kill me, she said to herself, before he takes a second look at me, he'll say that I look like a Coney Island chorus girl. But what could I do? Oh, what could I do with a dollar and 87 cents? What, seven o'clock? The coffee was made and the frying pan was on the back of the stove hot and ready to cook the chops. <laughs> Jim was never late. Della doubled the fob chain in her hand and sat at the corner of the table near the door that he always entered. Then she heard his step on the stair down to the first flight, and she turned white just for a moment. She had a habit of saying a silent prayer about the simplest everyday things, and now she whispered, Please, God, make him think I'm still pretty. The door opened, and Jim stepped in and closed it. He looked thin and very serious. Poor fellow. He was only 22, and would be burdened with a family. Was it just her? <laughs> he needed a new overcoat, and he was without gloves. Jim stopped inside the door, as immovable as a setter at the scent of a quail. His eyes were fixed upon Della and there was an expression in them that she could not read, and it terrified her. It was not anger, nor surprise, nor disapproval, nor horror, nor any of these sentiments that she had been prepared for. He simply stared at her fixedly with a peculiar expression on his face. Della wriggled off the table and went for him. Jim, darling, she cried, don't look at me that way. I had cut my... I had my hair cut off and sold because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present. It'll grow out again. You won't mind, will you? I just had to do it. My hair grows awfully fast. Say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let's be happy. You don't know what a nice, what a beautiful, nice gift I've got for you. <laughs> you cut off your hair? Laboriously, as if you had not arrived at that patent fact yet even after the hardest mental play I guess I did read his voice right <laughs> <laughs> cut it off and sold it said Della don't you like me just as well anyhow I'm me without my hair ain't I <laughs> Jim looked about the room curiously you say your hair is gone <laughs> he said with the air of almost idiocy <laughs> you needn't look for it said Della. It's sold, I tell you. Sold and gone, too. It's Christmas Eve, boy. Be good to me, for it went for you. Maybe the hairs of my head were numbered, she went on with sudden serious sweetness, but nobody could ever count my love for you. Shall I put the chops on, Jim? <laughs> Out of his trance, Jim seemed quickly to wake. He unfolded Della, for ten seconds, let us regard the, with discreet scrutiny some inconsequential object in the other direction. Eight dollars a week, or a million a year, what's the difference? A mathematician or a wit would give you the wrong answer. The Magi brought valuable gifts, but that was not among them. This dark assertion will be illuminated later on, dear reader. Keep going. Jim drew a package from his overcoat pocket and threw it upon the table. Don't make any mistakes, Dale, he said, about me. 
I don't think there's anything in the way of a haircut or a shave or a shampoo that can make me like my girl any less. But if you unwrap that package, you'll see why you have done. <laughs> but if you unwrap that package, you may see why you had me going a while at first. White fingers and nimble tore at the string and paper. And then an ecstatic scream of joy. And then, alas, a quick feminine change to hysterical tears and wails. Necessitating the immediate employment of all the comforting powers of the Lord of the Flat. There, there, Della. For there lay the combs. The set of combs, side and back, that Della had worshipped long in a Broadway window. Beautiful combs, pure tortoiseshell, with jeweled rims. Just the shade to wear in the beautiful vanished hair. They were expensive combs, she knew, and her heart had simply craved and yearned over them without the least hope of possession. And now they were hers, but the tresses that should have adorned the coveted adornments were gone. But she hugged them to her bosom, and at length she was able to look up with dim eyes and smile and say, My hair grows so fast, Jim! And then Della leaped up like a little singed cat and cried out, Oh! Oh! Jim had not yet seen his beautiful present. She held it out to him eagerly upon her open palm. She didn't even wrap it. The dull precious metal seemed to flash with a reflection of her bright and ardent spirit. Isn't it a dandy, Jim? I hunted all over town to find it. You'll have to look at the time a hundred times a day now. Give me your watch. I want to see how it looks on it. Instead of obeying, Jim tumbled down onto the couch and put his hand under the back of his head and smiled. Dale, he said, let's put our Christmas presents away and keep them a while. They're too nice to use at present. To use. <laughs> They're too nice to use just at present. Just at present. Just at present. That's what I said. <laughs> I sold the watch to get the money to buy the combs to fix the hole. <laughs> and now you suppose. And now you suppose you put the chops on. The Magi, as you know, were wise men. Wonderfully wise men who brought presents to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones, possibly bearing the privilege of exchange in case of duplication. And here I have lamely mm -hmm. <laughs> related to you the uneventful, uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But in a last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all who gave gifts, these two were the wisest. Of all who give and receive gifts, such as they are the wisest. Everywhere they are wisest. They are the magi. What? <laughs> well, that was something. That was O. Henry. Oh, brother. So, you know, and I, I watch a Sesame Street episode, okay? 
And this is exactly what happened with Bert and Ernie. So Bert, remember what he used to collect? Paperclips. Uh, Paperclips. Paper yes. He takes them down to Mr. Hooper's shop, and he's like, he wants to buy Ernie a present, but he has no money. All right. So Bert trades in the paper clips for a uh, like a soap dish. Okay. For, for Ernie's. For Ernie's. Rubber ducky. Right. Ernie, in the meantime, wants to buy Bert a present, and he sees he actually sees a cigar box in Mr. Hooper's shop, and says, "Oh, this would be great for Bert to store his paper clips in." So he takes down his greatest treasure, his rubber ducky and trades it to Mr. Hooper for the cigar box. So they get home. It's Christmas. They're excited. And Bert opens the present of the cigar box. And Ernie's like, put your paper clips in it, Bert. And Bert's like, oh, Ernie, why don't you open your gift first? <laughs> and Ernie's like, oh, boy. So he opens the soap dish for the rubber duck. And he's, Bert's like, go put your rubber duck in the soap dish. Well, neither of them have it anymore. It's exactly the same thing. It is. It's the gift of the Magi all over again. The only thing is Mr. Hooper shows up at their apartment, and he, Mr. Hooper gives the rubber ducky and paperclip collection back to Bert and Ernie, and everyone is happy. That didn't happen here with Della and Jim, apparently. <laughs> How do you get your hair back? Well, it'll grow back, <laughs> I suppose. But good those chops were though those <laughs> mm, tasty you see your hair can grow back but he can't get his watch back unless he it's like a pawn so, shop and he can go get it i guess really she's the only one that made out here because <laughs> her hair will go back and she's got her combs uh, he's got a little chain he'll get another watch well at eight dollars a week rent i don't know they're gonna have to uh, save up a long time. that watch came from his father and his grandfather right right and you That's heard about what he had to do to save 1905 that watch. There's going to be lots of watches. It's a joyous <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Do you remember me? I sat upon your knee. I wrote to you with childhood fantasies. Well, I'm all grown up now and still need help somehow. I'm not a child, but my heart still can dream. So here's my lifelong wish, my grown up. Christmas list Not for myself But for a world In need No more Lives torn apart That wars would never Start And time would heal All hearts And would always win in love would never end this is my grown up Christmas list
As children we believe The grandest sight to see Was something lovely wrapped beneath the tree But heaven only knows The packages and bows Can never heal a heartache human soul No more lives torn apart That wars would never start And time would heal all hearts Everyone would have a friend And right would always win And love would never end No, this is my grown-up Christmas list. So, uh, hey Matt, we got some, uh, some ritual Christmas memories. We do? Yeah, some people wrote in. I don't know if, uh, anybody else saw this on the, uh, website. We had a little survey going on. I'm just going to read a couple that we got from people. The top two. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tim Hanath. He's a, a, a listener. He's also a FedEx driver. So his Christmas memory of Richfield is this. December 1987. He's going to a force soccer game at the Coliseum in a very bad snowstorm. Uh, he didn't let this... He, he says, uh, I didn't let the storm beat me. I learned how to drive in extreme weather that night. And about two million miles later, I'm still plowing through the snow delivering Christmas presents since he's a FedEx driver. <laughs> so, uh, that was Tim's Christmas memory. And then my sister-in-law, Jen Luther, married to John, uh, says, my favorite memories are the ones spent with your family around the dinner tables. Uh, when John and I started dating and were engaged, we were often at Aunt Barb's. And now as our families have continued to grow, we make those very same memories in our own homes. So simple, but I absolutely love the times sitting around tables with all of your family. I do this all with, I do all this with my family often, but there's something so so special about all that come together, the numbers, I guess all those Luthers, for family get-togethers. I'm proud to be part of such a great family and their traditions. Well, thank you, Jen. That was very sweet. Yeah, we're happy to have you as part of this family. And so is Matt. He's like looking at me. <laughs> What's this out here with me? <laughs> Did, where's your families? Why aren't they writing in? Uh, I don't think they listen. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's on a podcast and everything. I'm not sure they figured out exactly nah, how to get it's a right. drop. Or, it's all right. Uh, yeah, because I've said lots of stuff in here that they probably should have called me out on. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you... why they don't send me Christmas cards anymore. The Christmas, uh, the Coma Christmas traditions... They, uh, I'm sure they live on. You had your, uh, do you, do you do that, uh, uh, potato cake thing? Oh, pagach. Pagach. Well, that's, uh, Thanksgiving. Years, but, uh, that, that takes place, or we eat that all year long, but it is particularly good at Christmas because mm. it is definitely a comfort that, I just want to do that. I want to eat that. I will make you some. 
and bring it over. It's got to be fresh in the oven for the best taste and flavor. Do you like? Can you put like sour cream on top of it? You you could you could. Do you? I, or do you I, just eat it? I eat it. I eat it straight. But I thought you know you could put a little bit of bacon into this mm. and you could put a little other stuff. I've also come across recently. I don't wanted to make this for you guys today if we had more time. But <laughs> it's a, a broccoli soup recipe. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Christmas other than it's great. <laughs> It's but a Christmas it's so tradition. Yeah, it'll, it'll not be. But I'll make some pagach for you. All right. And uh, and you guys can share in the bounty. It is definitely a, a comfort Christmas food. I do remember going over to our neighbors, the Talents House. Yes. Uh, and going sled riding down their back hill. Which you look at it today and you go, really? I remember thinking that was like a double black diamond. Yeah. Heading down that. But if you put me up there on a sled right now, I'm sure I would kind of be shaking my knees a little bit. Have you gone sled riding? Um, have I gone sled riding? Lately, I guess I should Lately, ask. Lately, no. As an adult, I went sled riding at Virginia Kendall. Okay. And that was kind of crazy. Uh, I've done, obviously, skiing. Have I gone sled riding? My kids have not really gone down a real sledding hill, in my, in my opinion. Because we live in the flatlands of Ohio. Right, right. Everything's kind of, was a swamp. It was. <laughs> There, there is a hill that uh, is in town, but it's not quite the same. I, but my son did go down when it was very icy, and he said, never again, never again. <laughs> it's not like the, the great sled riding the hill they're building at that park <laughs> down at Hawkins Road, I'm sure. Have, and I know you haven't been down there. No, I haven't. But no progress has taken place on that park. Um, uh, we did get some a suggestion for a name of the park. Oh. And I know we talked about this on the last podcast. Right. Uh, this park that's mysteriously popped up at Hawkins and Broadview Road. Right. Someone suggested that it be named Mistake by the Lake Park. Mistake by the Lake? Because there's, there? there's a lake there. Okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> so, Matt, it sounds like uh, you... Oh, did you hear that, Scott? What? Those sleigh bells ring? <laughs> you know what that means. There's 462 teams of, of slut, sleighs and horses heading our way. <laughs> we, then we better get going. Imagine all those bells back then, too. Oh, the jingling. Holy cow. It must have been a joyous event. It was, oh, I wish I could have seen that. Merry Christmas, Matt. Merry Christmas, Scott. Uh, remember to follow us on Facebook. And if I don't see you, <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> and if I don't see you, <laughs> know that I'm watching. Ooh. <laughs> So, Do you know if I've been naughty or nice? I know the answer to that. <laughs> Impish. <laughs> Impish. I like that. Impish elves. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at South Richfield. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever. And if you do so, be sure to give us one of those stellar five-star ratings. Right. It really helps us get the South Richfield message out there. Right. And uh, any podcast service... Like Podbean, you can find us and uh, check us out at www.southrichfield.com. Anything else, Matt? Oh, look outside, Scott. It's snowing. It is snowing. It's been. <laughs> it's a. It's going to be a white Christmas after all. I think so. Oh, oh, some of the coals <laughs> cut on the floor. Your car, your shag carpet's on fire. I think. Oh it's, no! It's smoldering. <laughs> get, don't worry. We'll just get the water from the tree here <laughs> and splash it on there. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you all for listening to our second annual Christmas Spectacular. We will talk to you next year. 
Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! Year.